Fire and Earth podcast with your hosts, Jason Mefford and Kathy Groover. Fire and Earth, giving you the keys to unlock your limitless potential. Welcome to another episode of the Fire and Earth podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason Mefford. And I am Kathy Groover, and we are thrilled to have another amazing guest. I have known Eric, okay, Jason just did the math, which is just horribly cruel. We're not that old, don't even tell him, right? 26 years, is that what you said, 26, Jason? 26 years. Oh my God, so I have known Eric Sharp, Sharpo, for 26 years. We did murder mystery together, um, we did plays together. Um, can I say I performed your first wedding? I performed your first wedding. Um, no, you performed at my second wedding. Nora's my oh. third wife. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Well, okay. Oh, yeah. Maybe it was my first wedding. I don't know. Um, we all have that. Um, and that's actually kind of what we're going to talk about. And now you're a magician. You're a Freemason. You're, I mean, like, I have watched you grow into such a unique and phenomenal individual, just a better version of who you were then. So it's like, that's kind of what we're going to talk about is self-actualization and evolution and all those things. And so, so thanks for being here. So good to have you. Thank you you both for having me on your podcast. It's exciting. I don't have a clean space like you both have to work in. I'm I'm a clutter mess. So I, I, I just put this, this is actually my wallpaper behind me in my actual home now because uh, it represents the fire, water, earth, and the, uh, the other thing, air, air. yeah, there it is. Yes, I'm, so, I'm breathing it in. So, uh, yeah. So we before we started rolling, and I thought we were rolling uh, with this thing, I started talking about how, uh, for me, growing, for you, growth was different, Kathy, because you were already a very actualized person when I met you, before you became a PhD, elemental P, whatever the doctor thing was you were already there you just didn't you uh, you had not written your books yet but it was all in your head yeah in here in my head was a jumbled jarbled mess and so for me it, it started with a place of knowing that uh i'm a little crazy and a bit of an artist and that's okay and to get into that place of self-acceptance and when i got to that point surrendered to being me then i could grow but uh the first half of the life was, uh, we had to start, we got to start over at act two for me. Yeah. Well, and that's okay. Cause then we have an intermission. We kind of regroup, we reset the stage and then we come out and we do a whole different part of the show. So that's okay. <laughs> I well, love the nice thing metaphors. is our, our, our life doesn't necessarily fit into two or three acts either. Right. I mean, we can have as many as we want to. We've talked about stories on here before, right? Mm-hmm. Is we can create the stories that we want. But I, I love what you said, you know, that surrendering to being me mm. um, is, I think, really one of the first steps. And it's probably one of the hardest steps. I mean, you use the word crazy. I tell people that I'm crazy too, you know, because we're all a little bit crazy. I'm glad you said it because anyone who thinks they're not crazy is a lunatic. Well, and that t- that ties together one of my favorite philosophers, right? Billy Billy Joel uh, <laughs> said I've it great, him, yeah. right? You, you you've heard of him, you know, because 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 in that in the one song that he has, you know, it's, you you may be right, I may be crazy, mm-hmm. but here it comes. But it just may be a lunatic you're looking for, right? <laughs> right? That that we're all we're all a little crazy, we're all a little different. Yeah. And and probably one of the hardest things is for us to accept that and to realize that people love us for our freak freakiness and that's how it. crazy we are and everything else, and it's okay. Well, you know, uh, and, and that's awesome. And for me, 
during this pandemic thing where we're, people are being categorized into essential and non-essential. Right. Well, my wife's a hero nurse. She's out there in the ICU. She's the charge nurse. She is heroic. She is battling the, the world here. It's all on her shoulders. And there's, she's super essential. She's the next level essential. Mm -hmm. And suddenly I'm in a place where my business has come to a dead halt. And I'm going, well, how do I be essential? And I, I was making some videos and some art for myself, trying to share it. And I wasn't getting a lot of views for one of them. And I realized something really important that even if sometimes the work seems insignificant to other people, it's significant to me. It matters to me. This is my journey. This is my life. And the more I surrender to it and give into it, the actually that's where, you know, that's when you make good art or better art, or it didn't matter if it's good or bad. And we might have judged my own stuff. If I keep judging me, then I'll never put anything out there. So yeah. the, the, the job of the artist is never to judge his own stuff, but just to do it, let other people be the judge. But I, I guess the point was it mattered to me and I never allowed it to matter to me before. I always felt like, oh, well, if I'm not earning, well, you know, and uh, so it's very liberating that there's no choice to be earning right now because I can't. So now I can just make my art. Nora loves that, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll have her on next week and we'll discuss how she feels <laughs> <about> that. <laughs> but I mean, you're talking, it's great because you're talking about this self-acceptance and this evolution and how do we, you know, because we've all had a checkered past. Jason didn't, he was a, he was a perfect double. Yeah, I've always been a perfect You can see that. Just a yes, <laughs> but it's, it's the, yeah, it's that little cherub face and the, yeah, you, know. you know. I think it's in the painting behind you with the sailboat and the. Uh, you like it? Well, comments. I do like it very much. Yeah, it's actually one that I painted. So there's a little bit of artist in me as well. There's symbolic nice. stuff to it. Cool. But yeah, so it's uh, yeah. Very nice. Yeah, but it's like, how do we? And we talked before we got on the air about accepting that past and you know looking back and not being embarrassed by it. And how do you how do you make that leap? How do you, how do we? <laughs> Uh, learn from everything we did rather than making it a burden well for me i had to uh i had to stop taking drugs and drinking alcohol that was the first thing was to stop um distancing myself from uh this place this reality so that i could i could experience it i was just cutting myself off from that because the pain of being here you know the pain of being a person can sometimes be overwhelming so, uh, so I was stepping back from that and I was postponing life instead of going through it. And the only way out is through. And you can only go halfway into the woods. I got a lot of these, by the way, just to hit me up. And I'm not going to write all these down. These are great quotes. <laughs> Number 47, uh, <laughs> beef and broccoli. Fortune cookies say. Yeah, you can't, you have to go through. Yeah, that's, that's, and you're right, being a human, especially right now, there's so much fear <clears throat> with the pandemic and there's yeah. so much hesitancy and so much, um, you know, I mean, I, I'm probably one of the strongest people I know. And there's been days that I've been terrified and had the shit scared out of me and laid in my boyfriend's arms crying about the fear of my business and what's happening with my clients. And, you know, I'm unemployed. I'm not sure how I'm not essential being that I'm helping people with their pain, but I'm also deemed non-essential. So I'm not allowed to be working right now to the tune of maybe losing my license if I would get caught working, which is 
just like scared. It's terrifying. You know, it's like, I don't want to be this underground thing, but it's like, I also have clients in pain. You so, know what? Can I, can I say something? Yeah. When I see people like you who are brave enough to share your fear and your discomfort and just be, uh-huh. that to me is so inspiring because I have a problem with that. I have a problem with not just putting on the sharp oh happy face and, and being the clown, you know, but when I see people who are strong enough to be vulnerable, there's the irony, right? You're strong enough to stand vulnerable and naked for the world and say, this is who I am. You know, I, I said this to Hannibal the other day, our mutual friend, mm-hmm. magician. He's an artist who lays it all out there. He's always yeah. himself, always free to be that no matter what. To me, that is the essence of of uh of getting through scary moments yeah yeah and as a performer and you know to a certain extent all three of us are performers you know jason is also a a motivational speaker he runs courses you know it's sometimes hard to forget that we can let that mask down and we've done shows about masks and covering up emotions and vulnerabilities it's sometimes so hard to let that mask down and the times that i have been very vulnerable on Facebook where my daily pause has been me in tears talking about something that scares me. That's when I get the most input of thank you because I feel that same thing. And it's nice to know I'm not alone. And, you know, it, it, I mean, we can certainly go to the opposite end of that, which is the constant. So it's about finding that balance of being vulnerable and not being a needy, you know, insane person. Um, no party. Yeah. But it is about, <laughs> it is about being vulnerable because we all have moments of sadness and depression and fear and it's about finding that balance in that. Well, and it's, it's interesting too, because both of you are actors, you know, as well. I mean, yeah, we're all kind of performers, but, but especially, you know, as you're acting out a role and, and, and you can see this, I mean, Eric, you know, again, you were vulnerable on here talking about, you know, having to get past the drugs and alcohol and, and you can see, I mean, especially in that profession where you're, you're always kind of playing somebody else and you guys, yeah. I'm sure know people in the industry, right? I mean, some, some, some of the people, you know, again, you show up, you get into that role, you are that role. And sometimes it's easy for people to forget who the real Jason is That's it. Yeah. because you are that role that you're playing. I mean, some of the best actors, you know, that we've talked about, they like consume themselves with being that person. They actually stay in character, even when they're not on set. Right, you know, and do things like that, and it and it's sometimes, you know, a lot of times people turn to, you know, drugs, alcohol, gambling, what whatever the addictive behavior may happen to be, mm-hmm. to try to escape remembering or being us. But like you said, you know, un- until until we surrender and and let our freakiness out and be okay with and accept it, yeah, we're, we're never really living life. As, I, as I us. like to say it has been 16 plus years clean and sober for me. So it's, it's a, uh, it's a journey, it's a process, but it is 5,919 days today. Mm. So wow. That's awesome. Well, it's important for me because, uh, you know, I don't want to miss watching my children grow up. And, uh, and I think that that's the, the number one motivator for me is, is I like who I am, I values. I think what happens 
is when you are able to define your values, what you value in this world. Once you really understand your values, there's no choices. The choices become very easy. Do I want this or do I want this? And when yeah. you realize one is in accordance with your values, that's the one you choose. When, when behaviors and activities are, are go against what you really, really have defined as things you value in this life, that's that's when you make the bad decisions and uh, or whatever I was I forget I'm old and Alzheimer's so yeah. anyway point is um, once you define the values like it becomes very easy yeah and we actually did an entire episode on values where we actually went through the value cards I'm about to do a coaching session where I'm specifically dealing with this gentleman today with values I completely agree with you if you don't know what you want then you can't know who you are to get that thing. Yeah. And you know, we talk about this all the time. And this is why I love talking to different guests because we so often cycle back to things that we've already talked about, Jason. And it's just, it's looked at from a different perspective. It's looked at from a different way. Do you feel like Eric, that your progression to who you are now was a conglomeration of things or was there one moment where you went, Oh fuck, I need to make some changes. <laughs> uh, well, I, I think, I think they call that hitting bottom. Yeah. You know, I think that, that you, you get to a point where the pain of not changing is bigger than the fear of changing. And that's this, this crossroads. You hit the crux of the problem is when the pain is too big and you have to change, you know, and then, uh, you know, for me, I really, you know, I really w was, was just, I'm so lucky. I've been given a whole new life. I, I still have my health. Don't want to tempt fate, but today I'm healthy and I have a beautiful family, a wife and mm -hmm. children that are growing up so healthy amazing. and happy. And uh, I have a house. I, you know, all the thing when I, when I hit bottom, I had nothing. I had nothing. I was this close to living in my car and some people, their bottom is lower than that. And they live in the car. And then they live without a car. They live in a cardboard box under a bridge or they don't live at all. Yeah. And for me, I was so lucky. And then I grew and, and cleaned up my act. And uh, I got into running my own business. And uh, then I, I you know, made sure I cleaned up any wreckage I left in my past. And, you know, I was very lucky. I, always, I was never arrested or never got in trouble with the law. So and nothing that I had done in my past had precluded me from joining my fraternity because mm -hmm. there's very strict rules in, in the Masonic family, which I'm part of, that do not allow, you know, convicted felons or people who've committed crimes, you know, to, to join. They, they want to make sure that they have a good caliber of person. So I was, I was very fortunate to be able to... to uh, to have not made such a wreckage in my past that I couldn't go forward. And then I, I joined a fraternity. Uh, I became the master of my lodge and uh, went on to other concordant bodies and I'm a Shriner. So I help with the Shriners Children's uh, Hospital. Uh, so, you know, I don't wanna make it sound like I was uh, living in a dumpster or, you know, taking heroin or anything. I was never at that, but I had a very, I guess I had a very high, <laughs> very low tolerance for pain compared to some people. Yeah, you had a high bottom. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> high <laughs> and tight. That's okay, my new yeah. character. His name is, uh, is Shuffle High Bottom. Yes. Shuffle yeah. yes. High Bottom. Hello. Hello. <laughs> high Bottom. <laughs> well, so, so so maybe let's talk, you know, about 
you know, the fraternal order, because like you said, you know, you, you got in, into, into masonry um, and, and, you know, those, those kind of um, organizations, they, they've kind of died down from what they were, you know, back in the day, right? Like my grandparents were eagles or uh, elks. They were in the elks, in the elks, right? Yeah. Um, and and there's there's this whole sense of of community and well being and helping each other as well. So maybe you know, kind of talk a little bit about that and how did, you know, again when you kind of hit your higher bottom, you know, was that one of those things that that again kind of helped you come out of it and express yourself and become more who you are as well? Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Uh, when I when I hit the high bottom, I was, uh, I had made some big mistakes in the world of Hollywood and the, the opportunities had dried up. I had uh, worked a bit in the nineties and TV and movies. And suddenly I found myself without many prospects in Hollywood and kind of turned around since then. Don't know. I mean, just, you know, you run hot and cold in that business, but I think having, uh, forced to run my own business and, and the stress of the family. And once I got, um, once I went into, well, I joined the fraternity after being hired by the Scottish Rite in Pasadena to perform for them. Oh, okay. To do a show for their, you know, one of their fundraisers for, for my mystery show. And I said, well, these are really cool people. This is a lot of fun. They're having a blast. This is fellowship. This is really what I'm looking for. So I petitioned and I joined uh, my Masonic Lodge and I found a place of true friendship and true brotherhood and sisterhood too, because my lodge is very family friendly and the wives and so my children have run around that lodge room for the last 14 years, you know, as they grew up and, or not that long, I've been a Mason 10 years almost. So for 10 years, they've been running wild in that lodge room uh, and in the dining room. And the, the, there's just a life is better with friends. Life is better with fellowship. Life is, is so much richer when you do, uh, and these guys have showed me uh, an example of how to be a man and how to be a, a, a better person. Mm-hmm. You know, the the uh, the Grand Secretary of the of California Masons, the State of California, said, you know, "What is the the best definition of Freemasonry for the people who don't know what it is?" And, he, and I love his definition better than any other. He says, "It's a place where I go to make great friends, improve myself, and have an impact." on my community three things and it's so true and it is it is uh, never failed me and it, it has just been a cornerstone of my existence so uh, and yeah it has died down back you know 60 years ago oh yeah they said half of the uh half of the men in the united states were in a fraternity had Howard Cunningham with his leopard fez and yes. Brandon <laughs> with his raccoon hair. Woo, woo, woo. Uh, and everybody was, you know, I actually had created a fictional one for one of my murder mystery shows called Loopy, the loyal order of protective yaks. Oh, <laughs> yes. nice. Loopy, yes. Join Loopy. And you- <laughs> well, we have to protect our yaks. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but I, 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 
I have always been fascinated by the Masons. My family goes way back through the Knights of Malta and the Masons. And there's pictures of like my great, great grandfather with his little Mason pin on. And, you know, I've got a bunch of medals that were my grandfather's. And I've always been, even as a kid, because it had this like mysterious sort of magical underground thing to it, which is what appealed to me. But it's like Jean Houston is one of my favorite, boy, I don't even know what to call her, philosophers, writers, spiritualists. And she was actually brought into Washington, D.C., ages ago to help deal with the gang talking about gang issues Mm. and why boys specifically at a certain age glom onto other boys and take the wrong path. And Mm. one of the things that she realized in looking through history and looking through our society now is we don't have these coming of age things. We don't have these rituals outside of the Jewish faith where you have a bar mitzvah. And now it doesn't even really say, okay, now you're a man and give you responsibility. It's you seem to have a big party, you get a bunch of money and you move on. Um, but we don't have that ritual. We don't have that community. Now you're a man. These are your responsibilities. You're not taught how to do that. Mm. Um, and it sounds like bringing back this sort of order where you have older men um, or at least peers to walk you through what it means to function in the society as a man or a woman, um, what it means to fit into that community and have that role. Is that what this does for you? I mean, I, 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 mean it, I, I would say yes, but I'm not in it. So, A hundred percent, yes. This is a situation of mentorship. Yeah. You've seen the picture of the, the hand up and a hand down. One hand is pulling you up and the next yeah. one pulling the next one up. So that we're, we're looking out for each other and we're mentoring each other through life. Uh, and it's a combination of learning to uh, be introspective mm-hmm. and see things in a different way and then to apply those values into life. So, you know, we, we talk about uh, the working tools of a Mason, you know, <laughs> so that's well, the... Well, I think, you know, again, Kathy, like you said, I mean, the because I've seen this, I can't remember where, I was in Winnipeg, Canada, actually. Uh, and, and there was, I think it was a Shriners convention that was going on, but they were, you know, and talking to some of the guys, you know, that were there, one of their concerns was in how enrollment had gone down. And they were, you know, that was one of the parts of this conference was trying to discuss, you know, how do, how do we bring new people in to this because they've been kind of dying off a little bit. And I think, you know, as we're talking here again, I mean, the sense of community is so important for all of us. Mm as humans yeah. right whether whether it's in the in a in a familial setting a fraternal setting you know some some yeah. sort of thing we all long for community and for belonging and especially now you know with with us all moving all over the world you know separated from our from our families you know yeah. more so than we were 100 years ago um you know now literally social isolation yeah. in some of the stuff that we're going through and I think as humans, we, we need that. We want that, but, but we're not taking as much advantage of it as we probably could. You know, the, um, the idea, though, of the dying out is not a worry for me because, like anything else, this waxes and wanes. And wanes. Yeah. It comes in, in little waves. It, the tide goes in and the tide goes out. And it's uh, it's better to have good people than lots of people. Mm-hmm. You know. And the yeah. other thing is, as some of the numbers may be low at the moment in uh, traditional Freemasonry, 
There are leagues of women Freemasons that are growing, that are co-Masons. So it's not the traditional, uh, you know, Grand Lodge, you know, uh, which has been a, a brotherhood, a fraternity, a male place for men. Uh, and now, you know, and one of the reasons the Elks became popular was because it's co-ed. Yeah. So, and they can drink and lodge. They have bars in the lodge. And Masons, we don't do that. Uh-huh. You know, in California, anyway, for, we're, you know, we're square, <laughs> square <laughs> compass, we're squares, we don't, uh, so we're, we're, uh, we're held to a very strict moral code in Freemasonry. Uh-huh. In some of the other clubs, you know, and so, okay, you know, in fact, the Elks were started by a couple of Masons who wanted to drink in Lodge, and they couldn't do it in the Masonic Lodge. They said, well, what if we created a, a second, organi- they were actually actors in New York City, and okay. the, the, the liquor laws in New York City wouldn't let them drink on Sundays. They said, well, if we have a private club, we can get around that. So they started the Elks. <laughs> the Rotary was started by ma- a couple of Masons. Yeah. The Rotary Club, because they in Masonry, you're not supposed to um, uh, have mercenary motives of trying to better your, you know, to try and get business contacts. We don't want that kind of thing going on where people feel like they're being exploited or used or manipulated. So, uh, so the Rotary was like, yeah, but why couldn't we have um, uh, an organization specifically for business networking. So mm-hmm. a couple of Masons helped with a couple of non-Masons form the Rotary. It was all based though, all of these fraternities were all based on the original Masonic order, the way to hold a meeting, the way that you have the, um, you know, people behave like, like civilized gentlemen and gentle ladies rather than mm-hmm. barbarism, you know, and, and it really, uh, so the, the Masons is the oldest and the largest fraternity in the world, going back, you know, for 300 years of organized Freemasonry. Well, well like I said, I've always been obsessed with it because when I found those medals and I started seeing these old photos, I, became, I was, and this was before the interweb, so I couldn't Google anything. <laughs> so I had these medals with Latin written on it. I'm like, I don't know what this means. So I created this entire tale about this uh-huh. mysterious thing that, oh yeah, oh, very cool. This is my, uh, my past master pit. <laughs> from my Masonic, well, this was a gift from the brethren. Oh, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, and yeah, we like our pins and we like our rings and we like our uh, accoutrement, but I, uh, some people might get the idea that it's a shallow thing, but most people who have a pin or a ring, it's usually uh, has a story behind it. Yeah, sure. It was a gift from someone who mattered, or it was an exchange of ideas, and uh, you were at an event, and you, you met someone, and they, and they gave you the lodge pin from their lodge, and it's just communication, the meeting of the hearts and the minds. So, uh, and I say to anyone, whatever you path you choose in life, whether it's a, 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 a club or a organization, uh, a, you know, a church fellowship, whatever gets you connecting to, so that you're not going through life alone, you know, and, um, and then it, it comes back to what you do with the empowerment group, Kathy, and, and how you're mm-hmm. sharing and say, what's, what's going yeah. on in here? And you, you get it and you voice it out loud and you, you, uh, you just open and you realize that there are very few barriers between souls. Yeah. You know, oh, I love it. And what a beautiful place to end. Cause once again, we've blown through our half an hour. <laughs> I I'm know. So never... bye, 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 bye. No, this is great. Oh, this no. Is what... <laughs> if we wanted you to sit silently, we wouldn't have had you on. <laughs>
a silent guest is boring. Any final thoughts, Jason? I, this was a fabulous conversation. I'm so glad well, we did this. Well, no, I think, I think it's great. You know, and again, Eric, I mean, thanks for coming on and sharing because, <clears throat> you know, like you said, it's, we, we, we all go through this life. We all make mistakes. We're all human. And, and the, but the more we can have this connection and community with other people, like you said, regardless of what it is, we all need something. If it's church, if it's a fraternal order, if it's a Facebook group, if it's a whatever it happens to be, we all need that human connection. We need to, like you said, you know, somebody's pulling us up and we're pulling somebody else up. And we've got to realize how interconnected we all are if we're going to, um, you know, make this world a better place and, and help everyone. So, uh, you know, I, 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 for one, really appreciate it. And even, even things, you know, like the rings and the other stuff, hey, those go back to tokens and they're, they're reminders of yeah. things. You know, we've talked about that in, with habits and everything else too. It's, yeah. it's, it's a great way of reminding ourselves of, you know, who we really are and who we really need to be. And I'm just really grateful that you've you've found that and you've moved and developed and grown in your life and were courageous enough to come on and actually share it with us too. <laughs> well, you got to find it every day. Otherwise, you, you, you put a cloud between what you found and you lose it again. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, beautiful. Thank you, Excellent. guys. Thanks for having so, me. So of course. So where can people find you? Because I know you're doing magic now. You're still performing and entertaining. And what's the best yeah. site for you? Uh, well, uh, sharpo.com. S-H-A-R-P-O, sharpo.com. Cool. Well, I'm Kathy Groover. I can be reached at kathygroover.com. And I'm Jason Mefford. I can be reached at jasonmefford.com. So go out, find some community people. Yeah, I love that. There we go. <laughs> Live long and prosper. <laughs> Live long and prosper. And we'll catch you on a future episode of the Fire and Earth Podcast. See ya. Thanks. Yeah.